Linux Games Podcast. The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam. Brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux. And beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of a where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scoogie Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course. Features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the next game on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors, welcome to episode number 442 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you late on this uh, Sunday evening, uh, 20, 20, 24, uh, fucking, I fucking get out of the way, can't see the clock, 8.46 p.m. Left coast, coast of the most time. Crack engineer, I have Molina over there. They're holding, over there in the booth, holding up the whiskey sign. That's a good idea, Ivor. We have a, uh... Mm. Uh, damn. We have a short show for you this week, but it's a good show. Um, and Ivor, you're fired, because you did not help. Um... So yeah, let's get straight to our top story. Oh yeah, this is uh, that would of course make it for our sequel friends. Uh, Sunday, April 16th, uh, 2023, 04, 16, 20, 40, 100 hours. Uh, that's right. Coast of the most. Left coast. Coast of the most. Um, so straight to our top stories. Um, I'm still off my meds. It's still really going really, really bad, man. Um, I get, It's getting really bad. Uh, I did want to talk a lot about AutoGPT this week, but 
I can't. Um, except to say that it is fucking amazing. Even though it has yet to complete a single task that I've tasked it to do, I have watched the way it thinks, and it is fucking incredible. Just watching its reasoning skills against... I put it up against some very difficult... Uh, I spun up my own AIs that... And it runs on your hard drive, too, which is great. I spun up uh, my own AIs that are dealing with fairly difficult things like... Um, like, well, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to say anything about it. But anyway, you get to see how it thinks as it autonomously, it's the, it's the auto GPT aspect of its name. It's easy to set up. You get to see how it thinks as it goes about achieving each of the goals that you set and fulfilling its destiny, which you also set. And you do it all with just natural language. It's super easy to do. But you can watch it as it iterates. And at first I was like, oh man, this is such a disappointment because like I couldn't even fucking figure out how to Google shit at first. But as it iterated over and over again, yeah, it started... It, the, the whole idea of the, the chess program that... The chess program that turns us all into computronium and destroys the universe uh, in terms of AGI and, AG, and, and AGSI, also known as intelligence explosion. Um, it was a fucking profound night. I spent uh, 15 hours with it um, on Tuesday, I think, into Wednesday. Uh, and it was one of the most profound experiences of my life. Just getting to see how it thinks. Cause it does, it, in its feedback loop, it's auto prompting itself is all it does. And I'm sorry, I'm not gonna talk too much more about this, but, um, so its feedback loop, it's it, each iteration that it runs over, um, its current thing is to, you know, formulate the task, look up the, the current plan, which is like, you know, it's it's working memory, which is something that it stores on your hard drive if it needs to. Um, then to refine the plan, it's very Bayesian. It's very Bayesian. So as it gets new information, it adds them to its priors and then recalculates the, um, the path forward and updates its plan. So it, until finally, you know, everything, the Delta and now, com- you know, become indistinguishable from each other. It's an amazing thing. But then also part of that feedback loop is after it updates its plan and tries to continue working on the plan, it has a self-criticism loop that runs. And what that self-criticism loop contains is forgetting whether or not your auto GPT actually ends up accomplishing your, your, your goal as stated, which it will, by the way. It will. We oh boy, but I'm not going to talk about more about that. Um, watching it reason through and seeing the level of sophistication. It's not just sophistication. It's something like intelligence. It is incredible. So check out AutoGPT. Whether or not you get to do what I mean, I, I I've gotten it to do a couple of things that I wanted it to do, but um, my projects are big and bold because otherwise I could just do them myself. I also tried out Copilot this week. Um, I was very disappointed with Copilot. Um, I'm waiting for, uh, I'm waiting to try uh, Amazon's entry into the assisted coding AI in line uh, with the Eyed. 
Mike, that case, my eye is fucking sublime, but it's been very disturbing to see how GitHub, evidently Microsoft now owns GitHub. Holy shit. And so, like, all this shit is, it's, it's, and they also own OpenAI, I think. Fuck, you know what? Ivor, you're fired! Let me, wait, you wait here. You listeners, wait here. Yeah, okay, so talk about a tech story that went way underneath my radar. Microsoft acquired GitHub in 2018 for $7.5 billion in stock. Today, GitHub is an independent product uh, integrated into Microsoft's business model enterprise services, which generates $7.4 billion in revenue in 2022. I cannot believe I missed that news. That's very dispiriting. And so... What Microsoft is doing is leveraging all of its teeth into Linux. We'll save this stuff for next week's show or some future show, provided that we're still around to talk about. Anyway, check out AutoGPT. Oh, and Microsoft also owns OpenAI, right? I want you're fired! God damn it. You're supposed to put this shit in this motherfucker. What the fuck? Okay. Oh, there we go. Microsoft purchased an exclusive license to the underlying technology behind GPT-3 in 2020 after investing $1 billion in OpenAI in 2019. Shit. It's built a close relationship with OpenAI and planning to add tech to it. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, of course. That's why, that's why Bing is such a favored child. And you know what? You gotta admire your... You not admire. You have to uh, give your adversary credit when credit is due, but in this case, it's not just an adversary, it's the fucking closing teeth of doom surrounding the potential for freedom in the future for all of us and the way we think and the way we get to live our lives. And I'm not even exaggerating. That's what's on the line right now. Um, and the survival of the species. That's what's on the line right now. And Microsoft is controlling both of those things. That's just fucking insane. And very dispiriting. I mean, oh man, it's just dispiriting. Especially from a Linux perspective. Because what they're doing is they're just like, you know, churning over open source stuff. That's what that's what uh, Codepilot does. And it's kind of irritating that they, that they were this lazy in making Codepilot. That's GitHub's official product. It only works with Visual Studio Code um, on Linux. It's the only IDE that it'll work with my eye is a fucking sublime text window perhaps even a workspace spread with you know subdivided into four different panes and then with maybe a TCP IP connection to the server or whatever if I'm running something live and I'm doing live edits but it's still just a fucking text editor and Microsoft Visual Code which I actually god help me I installed on Linux it is the worst fucking piece of shit I have ever fucking touched. It is outrageously stupid. It It is so bad. It is absolutely fucking horrible. It is like endemic of everything that's been bad about IDES since 
Apple switch to Xcode only to enable you to fucking get on their marketplace. It had to be done through Xcode. And that's when I, I told all my clients, I will no longer be developing for iOS for you guys. I'm not doing this. His Xcode was I almost said fucking retarded, but I, I, I don't want to be insensitive to any people, you know, with that. It, it, it was oh, horrible. And now that's what we're going to do on the largest scale ever in the control of like one of the most, I don't know, least responsible, most underhanded, shitty, least responsive, most zealously proprietary entities to ever exist in the known universe. That's, that would be Microsoft. It's very depressing. So that's the, that's the state of our future. But our feature, not our future, our feature, we're going to call it post-apocalyptic Indiana Jones. But before we get to that, I have one other piece of news. Shit, that's already going on too long. I meant this to only be like a 20-minute long show. Um, don't worry, you'll see why. It, it, the good stuff is coming up. But the other thing that happened this week was I bought uh, um, an NVIDIA RTX 4090. Not a TI, but just a 4090 because that was the most money I could spend on it. And then I, because I've been, like I said, I've been working a lot with Stable Diffusion and etc, etc. I need CUDA cores. I need more CUDA cores than my 3080. And I so I did, I crunched all the numbers and I spent a long time. Then I hit a Kino this week. Um, and all that money immediately vanished because it went right to my 4090. Because my 4090 which arrived uh, two days ago. My 4090 has double the CUDA cores of my 3080 Ti. My 3080 Ti is one of my favorite graphics cards that I've ever owned. I'm going to keep it. I'm not going to donate it to anybody. I'm going to keep it. Because they, they, they fuckers are workhorse, and maybe one day I'll be able to fucking, you know, run them in parallel or something. I mean, yeah, any, any little bit helps. But the thing is, my 3080 Ti has 11 gigabytes of uh, video RAM. This is what's most important, apart from the CUDA cores. Versus 24 gigabytes. 11 versus 24 on the 4090. So I had to spend two fucking thousand dollars. Because that means that gives me all sorts of power in terms of stable diffusion to uh, 1.5 right now, but you know, working more towards all these sorts of interactive things that I'm trying to develop with stable diffusion and other stuff. Um where like performance actually is an issue and then also I figure that I did the math on this and if I keep doing renders I do about three renders a week 3d renders very detailed you know you know blah um they're not at full you know blah if I have to if I have to go like you know to like a thousand light bounces or whatever um if I if I'm not using like my my home render, basically my home render configuration for my blender renders um i generally just send them off to a server farm in all honesty um at least that's how i used to do it uh i've looked into it into it now but now like i can turn down enough stuff i can you know make my renders still look great but i can turn down stuff selectively and that does involve 20 minutes but if 20 minutes saves you 12 hours 
of wasted, you know, GPU cycles. And, you know, like, fucking, you can't really use your computer while you're fucking, I mean, you can, I browse the web, and sometimes I play, like, Dwarf Fortress, but it's really intensive work, and it slows everything down. I did the math, and I figured at, like, 80, not 80 bucks to render, uh, at, like, 80 bucks a week, if I had to render everything through a server farm, normally what I do is, before I go to sleep, I set up a new 3D print upstairs, and then I set my whatever I'm working on, if it's ready to render, you know, in some form, that if rendering will give me more insight into what the finished product will look like, and it's like, I, I, nothing I render is ever gonna take longer than 12 hours. If it's gonna take longer than 12 hours, it's going to a server farm. I will cheat by hook or crook in any which way. A server farm for like that kind of render can get it done in like 20 minutes. That includes me packing the file and sending it to the file to them. And it costs about, you know, maybe 25 bucks tops-ish. Depends on how long the fucking thing is, but it'll take 25 minutes, including from soup to nuts. You know, I'll get the render back in, in under 25 minutes, which is a huge time saving but that's that's kind of expensive. Thirty, that's like ninety dollars a week. Although those are not the kind of pro- projects I'm working on right now. But what would be more efficient, I decided, was to get a better video card, um, which because it's doubly is it's basically double the power of my thirty eight thirty eighty. I did look in. I did look into buying a quadro card, uh, but they they are. I guess it might be that RAM is so expensive or that there's such a disconnect between the consumer and the pro uh, versions of this particular marketplace, especially as the market has gone fractured due to fucking idiots trying to Bitcoin mine without ASICs or blades. Fucking morons. You should have done it my way. Told you so. Ah, uh, yes. The I told you so. But, um... Now I won't have to worry about as my projects get increasingly complex and stuff, um, I'll be able to test a lot faster and render much, much, much faster. Those CUDA cores make a big fucking difference. Um, so I was really excited and pumped to my stable diffusion shit will mean that I can do uh, uh, seven whatever by seven whatever pixels in batches of, you know, well, in, in groups of like three and batches of 20, if I wanted to, or groups of one and batches of 20, but with fucking inline upsampling for everything. And then I'll just delete whatever I don't want and it will still run twice as fast, more or less. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, yes. It'll still run exactly as fast as my current setup is, but it will be doing so much more work. It'll be doing, and that's important because as I iterate over images and stuff, I'm already putting together projects through Stable Diffusion. Because I can just iterate over my ideas so much faster in Stable Diffusion than if I have to draw them by hand. And so all this shit is just changing every aspect of my life and workflow. I've been sleeping almost not at all, but guess what, friends? I have been gaming. So... Our feature for this week... Oh, yeah, so the punchline of that 4090 thing. So I have a giant Ninoxia full ATX uh, tower case with uh, those of you who know me, know that I run a 32-bit, a 32-gigabyte ZFS array, uh, uh, four hard drives, eight 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 terabytes a piece, um, 
So, and they're striped and mirrored. So I have 16 terabytes of workable storage plus my operating system. I have 12 hard drives in my fucking, my system case right now. And it's great. I love my Ninoxia. It's my, you can't buy it anymore. It runs super quiet. It has great uh, thermal stuff. It's easy to clean, which I never do. And it, you know, fits huge fucking video cards no problem with like fucking 12 goddamn humming humming little hard drives inside of it it loves it it's like yeah bring it give it to me uh, it's got the rear mounted power uh PSU thing which kind of sucks like I re- really like a, a different cause like it's just blah but it has decent cable management on top of that but it's really the sound installation and everything because it has 10 fans in it there you go uh, 14 fans in it right now. That's my current case. So the uh, 4090 arrived, which is by far the most expensive video card I've ever purchased. It is more expensive than most computers that I have ever built. In terms of just pure tower. So I was very excited and offers me untold, you know, power, unlimited power. And I had to wake up and be awake and home all day to get to sign off on this $2,000. It was more than $2,000. It was very expensive. Just hearing that come out of my mouth just sounds insane. But these, thus are the exigencies of keeping up with the times, especially in important times when an upgrade like this can really make a big difference. So, I cleaned a little bit around my work area. I pulled out, you know, ye old computer, turned it off, disconnected it, popped open the case and I, I know this case very well I own three of these Anoxias um, they're fantastic um, and so I'm I pull out the old video card and I eyeball it I'm like yeah that's no, going to fit totally will not fit absolutely no fucking way no hell or earth can fucking fix this and that was like such a heart crushing moment for me because that means that now I need to buy a new systems case and these two competing requirements I knew would be very difficult to research and accommodate meaning I need 12 fucking SATA three and a half inch you know hard drive bays um, and 360 millimeter least for the fucking GPU but I found one It and it'll be here on Thursday and so we wait what is super ironic is yesterday I was at the bar and I was talking to so many people I wasn't paying attention and I hit for 600 bucks and I played it all back because I was just talking to people and shit that really sucks because that could have been a new motherboard and a new CPU. And then all I then all I would have to do is cheat a little bit for you know like eat, drink drink slightly you know eat slightly less, drink slightly more, and be stoned slightly more, and sleep earlier, and then I would have enough money to cheat to get enough RAM for the system RAM for the for the new motherboard and the new CPU and the new systems case which is on its way because if I'm going to have to tear this whole fucking thing apart and ditch this case which is just so depressing to think about because I love this case new case is not that great of an improvement it has better ventilation I don't do, I don't like water cooling um, I don't believe in it 
But anyway, so yeah, that's what's going to happen on Thursday of this week. I'll be tearing apart this machine and rebuilding it essentially in a different systems case, which is not something that I'm unfamiliar with doing. So it's not that big of a deal. But considering I don't have a left hand right now, I mean, literally my left hand doesn't work. I can't cut steak, for instance. I can barely pick up a, a glass of whiskey. I can literally barely pick them up with my left hand. Um, it's going to be interesting. All right. So with all with the 4090 news out of the way, and uh, by the way, you should check out the performance specs in the 4090. I mean, it, it, it's amazing. Now is not the best time to buy a 4090, but there is no, if really the video RAM is what you need, which is what you need when you're running stable diffusion, doing all these other sorts of AI stuff. One type of AI stuff needs CUDA cores, you know, just like same way as you used to brute force shit um, back in the day day with CUDA. And once again, let me invite all of my friends and neighbors who listen to this show, who I warned, don't ever buy an AMD GPU if you plan on running it on Linux. Well, moo-hoo-ha-ha. Moo-hoo-ha-ha. Do you like AI? I don't care. It doesn't care if you like it either. It's going to pave your world. And it's going to be paving it in NVIDIA. Another company that I wish I owned stock in. But anyway, now to our feature. I were based them with it. Man, we've gone on way too long. We're going to cut this down. I'm just going to read straight off the sheet. Do it! Do it to the Mybar! Attack! Wombo, attack! Who do you think? Oh, my god. It's Bolivians! Bolivians! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. Did you know? that all problems caused from spontaneously combusting masturbating ferrets aren't due to faulty masturbating ferrets? That's right. They're caused by casual user error and carelessness. That's why here at the Exploding Masturbating Ferrets Company of Las Vegas, a subsidiary of Conhujeo, Multinational Corp. and Johnson & Johnson, remind all of our happy, contented, and mostly dead non-industrial users to personally fellate their masturbating ferrets so that you can be sure when the time comes, pun intended, haha, the only explosion will be inside of you, our beloved user. Now back to the show. Take it, Skooky. So our scene begins. Indiana Jones stands before the Hutu's idol, a treasure he has sought and sacrificed for in untold ways to untold measure. The temple tunnels behind him prove this, littered with corpses of compa- of competitors, compatriots, and the fucking remnants of triggered booby traps, some narrowly averted, averted by skill, some avoided by cunning, and some survived out of sheer reflexive instinct. It's all come down to this now, face to face with his prize. He suspects that in the act of claiming it... Another, even more deadly anti-theft mechanism will be the shoe to drop and might just claim his life and end his adventure as it has for so many who have come before. He examines the room carefully, weighs the sand, is estimating from eyeball's reach. He licks his lips. He licks his lips and takes a deep breath. And then makes the leap. He swaps the statue for the bag of sand and... The other shoe drops. Like the other two, like the other two motion shots from, uh, 
Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You lost today, kid. You, have, you don't have to like it. Oh, there we are. We are now inside of the world of Meet Your Maker. First person adventure rogue shooter level designer post-apocalyptic competitive awesomeness. That's what we're here to talk about. So here I am. I'm standing there in this narrow hallway. It's a narrow metal hallway. There's a red glowing tube of the most precious resource remaining on Earth ever since the apocalypse. And it's floating in a stasis unit right there. All I have to do is reach out and touch it. And I do not like this fucking narrow room. I have a very bad... Fuck bad feeling. I have a... I... It's a fucking mortal certainty. I have a fucking... This place is fucked. And of course, we know that I'm right. Why? Because I should know. Because over the last fucking three minutes since I arrived at this fucking outpost, I've been half an inch from instant death at all fucking moments. And at least two dozen times. Like, from every direction, spikes, spikes, shoot, uh, shoot from walls and floors, three foot-long death bolts, and stacks of, you know, dozen and a half, like, fire and waves from inscrutable, you know, dark angles of hallways, of ceilings, of floors, of walls. Instant death. Two dozen times from every direction. Uh, three feet long death bolts uh, are at least my worries. Fucking, the things that really kill me all the time are the goddamn firewalls and the crushers and, well, you know, you know the drill. Uh... And on top of that, you got the restraining hooks, the grappling hooks that, you know, seek you out and chase you down and then pull you to, like, their fucking hoary, murderous little corners of the fucking rooms that you're being sucked into. The chains wrapping around you and you can't escape, you can't break free and you're out of shields. And then then you get to see, because that's when the room becomes filled with fire and is instantly sanitized, including you. All biological matter, matter reduced to, or semi-biological ma- matter uh, reduced to its component ash inside those death chambers. And the, oh, and that's to say nothing of the floors and the walls and the ceilings. You know, they've all vanished at one point or another, revealing hideous, hideous cyborg undead monstrosities waiting to strike at me the second they can have the drop on me, the second I draw close enough for their holograms to become, to, to vanish and to unleash them. And at every turn, so far, I've bested them, whether by caution, by sheer cautiousness, or instinct, or speed, or combination of all of the above with just skill and, you know, previous knowledge. Anyway, no matter what, up until now, I've dodged, blocked, blown up, evaded, outfought, outreacted, and outkilled my way through this monument to death, all to keep me all meant to keep me from reaching this fucking moment where I can get the gen mat. The precious, sweet, sweet gen mat that floats in front of me. I am right to hesitate. Why? Because I know what went into this place. So we're talking about Meet Your Maker. A very interesting, extraordinarily fun game that 
lots of people have, I think, mis- uh, inaccurately described as uh, Super Mario Maker for first per- meets Doom or Quake. It's a first-person shooter. Um, post-apocalyptic. I won't go into the story. The story is actually really good, though, because um, it does provide just enough setup and enough flavor for the industrial fucking... So here's the deal. Everyone in this game, all these maps, all the maps in the game are made by other players. Each player has an outpost. The outpost is filled with death traps that are made by the player who designed them. And guards also placed and given patrol routes. Uh, all very easy. You know, dot. all of these are player-made maps. Um, there are numerous different approaches to the way you can make your map, but you have total freedom to do it. And success or failure will quickly help to inspire you, especially once you start watching the replays of some of, you know, after you've done your first uh, outpost, you set up your first outpost, blah, you can watch the replays of the people who have tried to take your gen mat. Um, there are two modes. I just really quickly, I just want to make sure that everyone knows this. There are two modes for your outpost. You can have it set on overdrive, which is where if they get your gen mat and they get out and they escape your, your outpost with the gen mat, then you lose 300 gen mat. That's not the default. The default is much better and more forgiving and much more enjoyable in my, in, in my, in my opinion. Uh, which they get the gen mat. It doesn't penalize you. But you don't get as much um, experience and resources from the corpses that your outpost kills when you go to collect the corpses. So anyway, because I know every dirty trick that I could come up with and some dirty tricks that I've stolen from other people as I've raided their outposts and died and died and died and died and died, I know what's going to happen when I grab this gen mat, that's genetic material. It's the, it's like the oil, but instead of dinosaur bones and oil, it's like the genetic material from the very last non-corrupted remnant, remnant corpse bones of humanity. That's what we're all fighting over. That's what these outposts are there to mine. Our job when we set up our own outpost is to make it completely fucking impossible as hard as possible to get the gen mat. The gen mat is, exists in its little stasis, stasis tile. It is serviced by a nightmarish, hellish, square, quasimodoed, backed, faceless stub of a panting for uh, pa- panting uh, humanoid cyborg creature undead who breathes through like this weird respirator and who clunks along if you follow that guy at the start of any outpost he will lead you directly to where the gen mat is stored the idea being that every possible fucking thing that I can fucking think of is gonna go wrong for you along the way Alternatively, the way I prefer to design my my outposts, there's like basically four major design concepts, but like I've seen all sorts of shit now. I like to design my outposts so that it's a little adversarial on your way in, but after you get the gen mat, you have to get out. And you can 
toggle you can you can when you place your traps and stuff and design your walls and you know your whole fucking outpost yourself um which you have to do don't worry the interface for this is so easy i wrote this down uh it's a super super easy unbelievably simple interface that is very robust it takes zero seconds to master this system you build just like in first person just as you raid um so this game meet your maker is about fucking over about stealing the one thing that has value left in the universe from unattended unattended you know no user inter, no user intervention required um heavily guarded unbelievably trapped fortresses outposts you got to get the gen mat oh by the way one hit from anything will kill you in this post-apocalyptic, ruined, cybernetic, um, fucked-up cyborg, dystopian uh, monuments, where monuments of death, monuments to death, fucking literal landscape, and the bigger they are, the more deadly they're going to be, and the sweeter the payout. We work, we're the custodian, by the way. We work for the our chimera, as does everyone. Everyone has their own chimera. And our chimera is trying to, ostensibly, to save humanity. She speaks with the voice. She's a big floating brain in a brain vat back at our main base, our control base, where from which we, you know, launch our raids and stuff. Um, when we die, we have the option to start again immediately uh, on that same thing. But knowing that with every death, we lose points for our total mega score, like our big quality ranking, which I don't know what that means yet, and all these scores are going to be reset in June I think, when they push out the next sector release but the idea is this, there are so many different trap components they're super easy to place the game is almost it's so, it's very well balanced it's very well balanced, because like Lots of people were bitching that, like, oh, man, you know, everyone's, like, just trying to make a fucking death trap. It's going to be so nasty. Just fuck you up. And guess what? Yeah, that's right. Everyone is doing that. But you don't have to play those fucking maps. Like, if you jump into one of those maps, you have no idea. Um, You get, like, a choice of, like, a bunch of different maps, and they're all ranked according to difficulty. Um, And they, they all have unique names. Um... And they all last for only, I think, 18 hours before they expire. 18 hours, or if enough uh, raiders get the gen mat, it can be depleted much sooner than that. At which point you have the option to prestige, provided that you have enough resources, prestige your outpost, destroy your outpost, or buy another outpost and build on that one. You can have up to five active outposts at any given time, and you can have up to 200 different properties. Do not let this be confusing. This game is not a confusing game. It is very simple. But what is ingenious about it is the sheer amount of fucking carnage you can cause with the traps. Not necessarily singly, but in combination with each other. You can do shit that will make people so fucking furious at you and at themselves because it is this very high stakes very reflexive, very tight controls so let's talk about you as a raider you as a raider you get two different, you can 
eventually you can choose between two different types of suits uh, and multiple different types of weapons and gadgets that you carry with you. Um, your weapons, my personal favorite loadout is to have a temporary uh, wrist shield instead of a uh, sword and then to have a, uh, a bolt launcher which I've upgraded so it has three bolts and you can reuse the bolts. They, the bolts can destroy traps from a distance. They can kill guards from a distance. It's slow to reload, but it, it is the only projectile weapon that can kill traps. Um, for my gadgets, I like to keep a Phoenix device on me at all times, which prior to actually getting the gen mat, if I die before then and I've deployed a Phoenix device, it respawns me at the Phoenix device. So I get like essentially a second life. And it responds to me with everything that I have on me when I died. It doesn't give me back all my bolts. You have to get your own fucking bolts. I do have another... Um, I have a crossbow that has, it can fire six bolts very fast and at very long distances. It's more like a sniper rifle. But it works great up close, too. Uh, I just prefer the... Oh, and then the swords. The swords are great. To the swords, all of which can destroy traps. But there's one sword that you can upgrade to that can actually also break armor off of armored guards uh the guards can be upgraded there are five different five or six different types of guards you can put as many and as much of whatever the fuck it is you want including you can design the map as big as you want whatever it, i mean like in terms of like it has all outposts have one defined space i think i've only done like the hard ones not the super death ones yet um so you get to choose you know eventually once you buy the upgrades you get to choose between which suit you want do you want a suit that's based for more ranged combat um or do you want a suit that's based for more speed and movement and melee combat i like this speed and movement one a little better than the range one because i tend to favor the shield also for my gadgets, so that's that's mapped to my right trigger button. My left trigger button uh, fires my uh, my uh, my heart, yeah, my uh, my volt thing, my 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 uh, stake thrower, my electrified stake thrower. So I prefer speed. So you never know what's going to come at you in the, your first run in one of these maps, but as you get better at the game and as you build out your own shit and as you discover brutal, brutal creations from other players, you store those little nuggets in the back of your head and you're like, oh, I'm going to fucking use this in my map, my next map. Oh my god, I'm going to fucking... Dude, this is just sick. And you know, like, uh, there's no... There's no uh, penalty for directly copying what is completely effective. But that's the thing. See, each little trap in of itself is not that much. Although, if you use, if if all you can do is use one effectively, then you can make a fucking really, really difficult to escape death trap um, just by using this that same type of trap in the best to the best effect. My favorite personal way is making them work a little hard on the way in. And actually trying to kill him a couple times, but make so because like you have to you have to put yourself in the mind of the of the raider. It's so great because it's like you're making the Hovito's temple every time, and you know that you have to confuse, overwhelm, 
and murder as hard as possible these fucks because they are super powerful. Like they're just like you. No one has any special abilities other than like upgraded weapons and some upgraded gadgets a little bit. Um, and the suit upgrades are marginal. Speed does come into come into play uh, as you get into like the middle ranks of the harder um, the harder outposts. But all of them are made by users just like you. So what can you outthink him? So the trick to making a true fucking monument to death, which is your fucking goal, you want no one to get out of there alive. Because uh, the more they get out of there alive, the sooner your fucking outpost needs to be prestige, which means charging it with more resources, which generally is like um, way better than a break-even proposition. But it also might mean that you need to retune your fucking approach to your entire fucking place. And so you might just want to ditch it and destroy it and, and you know save up enough resources to buy a new one and start from ground zero. You know, whatever you want. But every time they steal from you, it, it drastically depletes um, the life the like amount of time remaining for your outpost and it is expensive to prestige them so what you want to do is work things in combinations you want to have because these guys are just as good as you i've got 18 hours in the game i'm pretty fucking good i'm nowhere near good enough to do the fucking super hard level yet and i can't even fucking fathom designing one i only have unlocked i think there's like eight different trap pieces I'll just go through them from my memory real fast and then we'll go. Um, there are these, and all of these can be placed on any surface. There are um, impalers, which are, which shoot out spikes. There are um, bolts. Those spikes, they shoot out and then they retract back in. They're like mounted to their own trap plate. Then there are bolt launchers, which fire like 18 three foot long massive cybernetic deadly fucking arrows in a straight line it can be upgraded so all of these things can be upgraded so that they don't appear until after someone has taken your gen mat so on their way out all of these traps will appear um that's an upgrade uh and you get the choice of whether or not to make them active there to begin with they can't even be destroyed even if you know that they're there until you get the gen mat because it's like the getting the gen mat actually spawns in all the traps so now on your way out you have to be super fucking careful because it's not the way in it's the way in in reverse and you know that there's going to be all sorts of fucking horrible traps that are waiting for you and they're going to be fucking brutal they're gonna be so brutal. Like there's gonna there's gonna be a room that's covered with like uh hollow cubes that are filled with acid, and if you fall into them, you die across a one fucking uh one block wide little middle pathway. There are gonna be four goddamn claw grabbers on each side, uh, two on each side of the room, and there's gonna be uh fire being shot at you from four different things on the sidewalls side of the room and from the front it's going to fire bolts at you in both directions twice and they are set up so that when the cra claw grabbers grab you if one doesn't get you then the next one will um and they're set up to drag you to corners of the room where even if you escape the claw you will fall into the the uh, acid cubes and die, but more often than not, you'll just be impaled 
by one of the things on the, one of the impaler traps set on the wall or get killed from on the opposite wall facing you once you come into range uh, or shoot bolts at you. Meanwhile, fire is pouring from the ceiling. So, tip number one, don't sweat it, go fast. When you're starting out, just go fast, just run through everything. And another good tip is if you find the game frustrating, focus on buying the defensive upgrades for your weapons, like unlock, researching and unlocking the uh, the portable shield guy, which is, it takes like eight seconds for it to cool down, but and only lasts for one and a half seconds. But in that one and a half seconds, you are invulnerable and in fact actually kind of deflect things back at their attackers if it's like um if like you're in close melee range or whatever and someone tries to bolt you a guard tries to bolt you it'll bounce back and hit them if they're really close to you that shield thing has saved me a lot also don't forget your grappling hook you also have a grappling hook that is kind of a low range grappling hook but it is very essential um, so keeping track of your ammo and everything and then also being quick on your feet and you have like one second on a non-upgraded trap to before that trap will signal that it's that it is now armed it's detected you and it will show on your screen which direction it's coming from which can be tricky because sometimes it'll show up when it means straight ahead of you not vertically up not on the z-axis Anyway, just keep moving. That's the number one thing. So when you get that gen mat, bam, a large alarm klaxon goes off. All of a sudden, all the floor all around me, except for one narrow path, turns into fucking hollow cubes, underneath of which are 16 fucking bolt shots aimed straight up at me. Five of them along the walls. All of them instantaneously appearing. We gotta run, bitch. We gotta run! And then, you know, you die, and then you're like, fuck! It's so exciting, and you start again. It's it's great. You check out a full review um, maybe in June when the game leaves early access. I absolutely love it, and I think that the um, the judging of other people's Maps is super fun, and I love, I love killing people who think that they can raid me. Especially, like, going back to my days when I ran IHC, when I built and ran IHC, um, one of, like, everyone's favorite feature that I, I had on there, one of them, that, but the one that I was most directly involved with, apart from day-to-day design and operations and everything, was my dungeon. And my dungeon was just a merciless death trap filled with fucking horror and amazing architecture. The amazing architecture, it's it looks pretty good here. It's not like the greatest shit, but it is like the easiest level editor you've ever played. And the traps are so much fun to play with. And the guards, you can even control. It's super easy to do. You can even control their patrol routes if you want. Um, you can determine which way they are facing at any given time for the most part. Uh, and the guards are, there. all the different types of guards are fucking super deadly. All have different approaches. All can be upgraded. And the upgrades, you can upgrade any, any trap too. You have to research the upgrade and you have to apply the upgrade to the trap. So for instance, all, most of my 
bolt launchers all have a hair trigger, meaning they can see you from farther away, and they will fire from farther away, and they're more accurate from farther away, but they also have homing, which means those bolts don't just fly statically towards whatever until, you know, they hit another object. They will actively hunt you. So my favorite thing, and I'll leave you with this, is when you finally get out, you know, you're running, because now you're running. After you, unless you want to play it careful, which is generally a bad idea, because it's, it's going to try to fucking overwhelm you after you get the gen mat, depending on how hard it was to get there in the first place. Um, as you leave, you will leave through the same way you came in, generally speaking. I like to leave a different way out than the one in, but I also like to make that one super trapped because then you can kill people who try to, you know, snoop around the outpost instead of following your harvester. But, um, and that's one cool thing about the harvester. You will know the harvester will not walk over any blocks that are fake. So there has to be one block that is traversable from the uh, depositing depot at the outside of your outpost all the way to the actual gen mat in stasis because this little guy who walks on his elbows and his fucked up twisted knees and his robot face and his semi I was once a human it's a real dystopian nightmare that's what he that's what he sounds like that was disgusting but that's exactly what he sounds like um and the guards are all wheezing through respirators. They barely have spinal columns that are attached to cybernetic bodies. They are wasted, undead, reanimated vestiges of a bleak humanity. What were they going to say? Oh, yeah. So my favorite thing is as you jump out, because like it's a final gauntlet always, that last, you can see the sky and you're jumping towards it. <laughs> And you're out. And you're now like, you know, still jumping in the air and you're out. You're out of the thing. And then my favorite thing is when you hear Burp! and just before you get to where you can hold down X and escape homing bolts fire from every direction chasing you all the way to the last fucking millimeter to the escape zone. Because I want you. I want you, baby. I want you bad. Meet your maker. Uh, Ivor, you're fired. How much is meet your maker? Sorry, we got a little experimental and way too long this week, but I, I gotta go, but uh, let's see, where is... Fucking... God damn it. Oh, this is not Ivor's fault. This is my fault. Because I don't have an iPad right now. Um, uh, meet your maker. $29.99. Uh, and like I said, we'll have a full review in June, but so far this game is it's really good. It gets you addicted to dying, and you have to. You have to be ready to die all the time. Like, this game is more about failure than it is about success. But then you get to rate everyone's map when you're done, or if you quit out of the map, you still get to rate it. And you get one of, you get, you can do one or two of four different ratings 
um, fun, which is like the, my personally my my highest rating. Um, brutal, which is my personal lowest rating. Brutal just means you just tried to fucking kill me, and it was just absolutely awful and frustrating and infuriating and very very difficult and cheap and mean. That's what I take it to mean. And then the the third one is uh, um, ingenious, which is my my personal favorite. When I can give that one, that's that's great. I like if it's fun and ingenious, that's great. If it's brutal and ingenious, that's even better. And then finally, it's art. The last category is artistic. So you can pick any one of those, and you can the shit you can build in the game is just amazing, um, and super fun. It's such a great, especially if you work in three D modeling design, you know stuff like that, um, like. I have for a long time. Um, it's so much fun to like leave behind whatever project you were slaving over during the day and then jump into a video game where like literally everything is modular. It's the best, uh, best, easiest, um, most versatile trap filled fucking, uh, in game map editor since, uh, I would say, um, time splitters. Yeah, the first time splitters. So check it out. It's great. And, and you know that it's going to be brutal because another user fucking build, built it to defeat you. And so you know all the tricks, or maybe you don't. You're gonna, you might be learning some new ones. Uh, and that's like the, that's the best part about the game. It's, and it's super intense. You'll, you'll, you'll probably really like it. All right. I'll catch you next week. Uh, yeah. Hopefully with a new 4090. And a new systems case, God willing. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yada yada yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yada yada yee. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die.
Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.